can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Chit chat's gonna get you hurt. Hey, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred here in San Antonio, Texas. And as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the president and CEO of Snark Industries, the invincible, indelible Ignacio, coming out of Boston, MA. How you doing, sir? Oh, hey, what was that? Sorry, I was I was watching BT. What what was that? Oh, you and Killer Croc, man. I mean, someone's got to bring that channel back. I'm actually really happy they included that bit in the movie. I think it'll be like their mascot going forward. The BT mascot. If it's not, then that's a definitely definitely a missed opportunity. Well, didn't CW have like a frog at one point? Yeah, they had the they had the uh, they had the racist frog. It's it was the a racist WB. frog. Yeah, that that thing. Killer Croc is slightly less racist. I guess maybe like slightly, like slightly. So, yeah. Um, so of course we're going to be talking Suicide Squad. This is the Suicide Squad review episode. For those of you out there in the CBCU that are not familiar, this is how we do it. All spoilers all the time. We're not going to pussyfoot around with this. Uh, we just we just <laughs> delve dive into the film, delve into the film, and uh, this one's going to be all about Suicide Squad. We're going to go into some of the background, like the film, what we thought, what could have been improved, what was great, uh, maybe a little bit of trivia, and and then maybe maybe get a few takes from uh, from some of the CBC listeners out there as well on the back end. Um, all right, man. So I think the best way to frame this film is. The D- oh, by the way, and here, here's something I found out. The official moniker for the, the, the DC Comics Cinematic Universe is the DCEU. What? What is the E for? It stands for Expanded? The Experiential? DC- <laughs> uh, excrement. No. Uh, no. I think it's, it's Expanded or Entertainment Universe. But it's DCEU. It can't be entertainment because they haven't quite done that yet. Well, you know, one man's trash is another man's also <laughs> trash. Um, okay, maybe we're letting the, the cat out of the bag a little bit here. But Suicide Squad was the movie that was supposed to write the ship for the for Warner Brothers. It's technically the third film in the DCEU. Um, you know, we could call it the DCU, I think. <laughs> We're we're just like this is just hardcore shitting so far. Sorry, sorry. No, I'm not sorry. No, they did it to themselves. Um, yeah. No. This is the, the third sir. film. This is the third film. So the first one was uh, Man of Steel, and then you had BVS, and now Suicide Squad. And uh, you know, very famously, we've talked about it before. This film looked like it was going to continue along the dark, grim, and gritty kind of mantra of the the DCU. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw this. It is fitting, actually, the DCU. And that's actually how it would be phonetically pronounced, so it works. Uh, but but then we saw this amazing trailer with Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody playing in the back on the back of it. And really got fooled. really I mean it got my hopes up, got a lot of people's hopes up. I'm sorry. I wasn't fooled. You were not fooled. 
That is, I did staunchly not fooled was Ignacio. The rest of us uh, peons out here in the <laughs> world, we we bought it hook, line, and sinker. I I think in fact Warner Brothers was not expecting the response that they got off of that trailer, and it wasn't much longer after that that we got word that there was going to be millions, over $10 million in reshoots after that trailer was released. And, you know, a lot of people were sort of skeptically saying, cynically saying, huh, I wonder if it's because this trailer was kind of upbeat and cool and they realized that their movie is nothing like that and they might want to try to fix it. Um, and then Warner Brothers came out and David Ayer came out and said, no, 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 that that's not why at all. We just... There was more stuff to do. And, um, but no, now it turns out that somebody from Warner Brothers directly, they are, of course, an unnamed source, but supposedly linked to the production of the film, have come out and said, no, yes, the reshoots were to try to punch up the film, bring more humor into it. Um, Now, the question, of course, is did they succeed? Ignacio, did they succeed? Yeah, that was going to be my question. Like, if they did really do that like where did where did the funny lines go did they get cut (laughs) where was the humor i don't get it so here's here's a weird spot and we're gonna we're gonna definitely get into the the kind of the plot line of suicide squad uh a little in a little bit but just want to kind of lay the tracks down here um so yeah that is what happened they 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 what essentially what ended up happening is they fantastic forward the hell out of this yeah and in my notes this is there's a lot of parallels with fantastic in my notes here i put W-T-F-F. What the Fantastic Four. That's fantastic. We should have used that when we reviewed Fantastic Four. That would have been the perfect title for that podcast. Yeah. Um, Maybe maybe that'll be the title for this one. I mean, who knows? Even though that's like... Makes no sense. But but it does. If you've seen it, it kind of does. Because what ended up happening is you have a tale of two films here. All right? They Charles Dickens the shit out of this. There's... There's the reshoots kind of version of the film where apparently they tried to punch it up, make it more fun, a little more action, a little more quippy. And then there's the original David Ayer version, which is darker and grittier and grimmer, the way that that universe was kind of already setting up to be. And I went ahead and did a little bit of research just real quick, and this will be a good segue to talk about the beginning of the film. The film opens up with Deadshot, who, again, is very – we talked about this in the last podcast – the one thing that a lot of people said is if you were wondering whether or not this was going to be a Will Smith led vehicle, you know, it is. And it was. The movie opens up with Deadshot and Will Smith. It's a pretty nice little sequence. He he ends up trick shotting uh, somebody to death. He like shoots like a ricochet bullet. It's pretty cool. Little sequence. That was not the original opening of the script of the film. The opening, oh, interesting. I didn't know the opening of the film originally had Enchantress, and it kind of set up her character more. There was a lot more with her and her getting her powers and so on, which, oddly enough, they used some of that footage, but they just kind of pushed it into the middle of the film. I will say that's probably a good decision because the Enchantress backstory is like the most – it's just like boilerplate superhero villain storyline. It's oh. so <laughs> – it's just so cookie cutter. It is. It is super cookie cutter, in my opinion, as well. But so, but that just shows you right there, right off the bat, they scrapped their entire opening to the film. And if you're going to end up doing reshoots 
to to add things in to do with the film, it's a pretty red it's a pretty big red herring when you change the opening to your film to literally the first thing that people are going to see and hear to get into this movie. Did you think that that was a response to Deadpool? Because to me, it reminded me of the opening of Deadpool. Yeah, I do think so. I do think so. Where uh, he's like sitting on the highway, kind of waiting for the bad guys to come. Yeah, and you get Deadpool essentially waiting to yeah. kill some bad guys. I mean, he's, it's yeah, he's kind of making some jokes, so not very funny ones. <laughs> um, I don't know. That was just a thought that entered my mind. Oh yeah, that's 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 a that's a perfect thought to it. It's a good parallel. I mean. And then at other times, it really felt like this film wanted to and maybe honestly would have benefited from being rated R. It seemed like there were a lot of instances where they kind of wanted to push it that way, but they ultimately didn't. It's a movie about criminals. It's a movie about bad guys. Like, yeah, of course. I mean, how do you make that movie and not push the envelope? Like, It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They're bad guys. It's what they do, right? So It's just... Yeah, but like with no, it had no teeth to it. Right. It was like it was like it was like they were barking but not biting. Especially like Deadshot is not presented to us as a villain in any way or a bad guy, even though he's he's murdered countless people. You know, I mean, you is, know who else has murdered countless people in this universe? Batman. Joker. Batman. Oh, Batman. <laughs> Batman is murdered. If you you know BVS, he's killing people left and right. So, like honestly. The only thing that makes Deadshot a, a bad guy is that he gets paid for it. Yeah. But other than that, he's he's doing the same thing. He's killing criminals. I mean, that's what Batman's doing. Like, what? How is that that different? Um, all right, man. I guess that's true. But but I mean, we're not. Are we presented Deadshot as a person who kills who kills bad guys? I guess we are. But is that all he does? That's literally all we see him do, though. We see no evidence of him killing anyone that's innocent. Or shouldn't be killed. So in this universe, he's just as much of a vigilante as Batman. But Batman's, we're cool with it. We're not going to like <laughs> prosecute him. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I mean, like, we don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's a fair question. We, like, don't know why... what, we don't know what they've taken out of the film. And it seems like they edited a lot out of this yeah. movie. But it would have been nice to see Deadshot in a more kind of gray area sequence. Where at least you have the opportunity to maybe think hmm this guy's moral compass is a bit askew but literally yeah. we're, we're not presented with that in any way shape or form but so let's okay so real quick essentially the film is set up as a mission they go on this sort of ambiguous mission because it is like they're not told why they're doing it all these villains get put together uh to go on this mission they more or less accomplish that mission, but then things go awry and then it becomes a somewhat more generic superhero film where there literally is a giant light coming out of the ground into the sky. A la Fantastic Four. A la Avengers. A la Ghostbusters. A la Ghostbusters. A la Age of Ultron. A la Amazing Spider-Man. Like, holy crap. Hollywood, can we please get a different device? With, like, yes. some lame-ass CGI villain, too. Like, it's just... I know no, it's Enchantress. Are you talking about like... Enchantress or Incubus? Yeah, okay. I kind of like Incubus. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So, that's essentially the whole film. And it's weird, because at one point... Like, in some ways, it's very straightforward. But in other ways, it also doesn't make sense. So, yeah. that's a bit unfortunate. But I think the best way to break down 
this particular podcast, you know, we don't. I don't want to get too stuck into the details of the actual plotting of the film, except for maybe where we talk about things we didn't like. Let's talk about the characters, because I think, for better or worse, this film is going to be judged by its characters, not the dialogue, not the necessarily the script, the plotting, or even the directing, but the characters themselves. Um. So. I'll go right out and say this is not a hot take in any way, shape, or form. I think this is generally universally considered to be the most agreed-upon positive of the film. But Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. How did you feel? Oh, I thought you were going to make a statement. You are just asking me? Um, I The best thing about Harley Quinn is Margot Robbie. I, don't, I didn't think necessarily her character was great, but I think Margot Robbie was really... I don't. I, it's hard to say because it's hard to describe this because I don't think the character was done very well. But I thought what she brought to the character was really good, and I, I, I could see a, a standalone movie with her being really good. But in the end, you know, I don't. I don't think Harley Quinn was necessarily a very strong character. She certainly wasn't as strong of a of a character as as I think people hoped. You know, she's still very much playing like the damsel in distress. She's had to be saved twice by Joker. Um, you know, she is objectified really in a way that no, no other character, none of the male characters are in this movie. Like it's just like yeah. ass shot after ass shot. Yeah. After that ass is, shot. Uh, that's definitely like, something that's been, been like, what was David Ayer's direction? Like just bend over when you deliver this line. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, I, I thought it was kind of unfortunate. I didn't think, I didn't think the character was done justice, but I, I do think Marco Robbie was really good. And I think she's. An actress doesn't really get enough credit, and I think she could do something really great with that character. Yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't blown away by the actual Harley Quinn portrayal of the way that character was written in this movie. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I texted you as soon as I saw this movie, like literally as the credits were rolling, and I think the first thing I told you was, "Does David Ayer not know how to write a script?" Well, but that's because the movie's a mess. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. There's no sense of time or space. Or what yeah. the hell the mission is? <laughs> but I, I think I think them actually, you know, after the fact we've we've there's been more news about the editing and stuff and the reshoots. So I think maybe that has a lot to do with it. But even within that, David Ayer with Harley Quinn and I and I did like Margot Robbie a lot. I think she has a lot of potential as an actor, and we are maybe on the cusp of seeing her really break through. Um, because the thing is, her character stands out. Whether you feel that the character is done justice to like the comic her portrayal of that character still stands out amongst everyone else to me and she's given a lot of screen time um either for whatever particular reason that might be but david Ayer is not doing her any favors um harley quinn that is because yeah she becomes a very sexualized character which is which is okay to a point but they can't be all that she is um it's unfortunate it would have been cool to see her essentially be like a good i mean she does have a, a big role a big moment in the movie where she's essentially the person who kind of defeats the main villain yeah and that that was nice to kind of give her that moment but outside of that we don't really see a lot of great moments of her just being a, a badass or like showing why what what makes her her why why she's dangerous you know what i mean right um in her role but i i, I also realize that it's it's challenging to make an, an empowering character when so much of her story is about how she's in like an abusive kind of 
dependent relationship with the Joker, right? right. It's like you don't. It's hard to make that character <laughs> like a a statement of female empowerment. But right. um, but she's there. Still could have been moments of just her essentially just being a badass. Like there's plenty of scenes like that for Deadshot. Like we we definitely see that this guy's just good at what he does. Right. There wasn't a moment like that for Harley Quinn where it was like, okay, I can see why she's a menace to society. Uh, really, her character was just someone with. She's good at swinging a bat with the Joker <laughs> and swings a bat. Yeah, I mean, I kind of wish there was more to it. And I think the, the movie felt really rushed at times. And I think one of the one of the parts that felt super rushed was her whole backstory. This movie does her disservice in the sense that there's a scene early on with her backstory where she's already imprisoned, and and one of the guards says, you know, like she's like play with me, and he's like, no, you already put three or four of my guards in the ICU or yeah. Yeah. But that's an instance of telling us and not showing us, show us, show us that show us the psychotic nature that she has where she just rips apart three trained guards, you know, like why was it like, sorry. And this is the point I was making earlier before I got, I got distracted. Um, but, um, in the intro where they're, where they're introducing Harley Quinn, didn't you also feel like they could have let that breathe a little more? Like her whole backstory with the Joker? I felt yeah. like there was, there was, that was an interesting story. So, yeah, they just no, completely I want to, I want to see that story. Here's what I'm hoping. And we're going to go on different tangents, obviously, but I kind of want to see a Joker Harley Quinn movie. And I know that they've already sort of rushed through her origin a little bit in this film. Oh, I mean, to say that, uh, yeah, that's putting but, it mildly. No, no, yeah. I mean, they did rush through it. But what I'm hoping is if they do another film with her and her and or the Joker, that they come back to it and give us a like longer, wider breadth of of that tale, because that actually was one of my favorite parts of the movie. We just don't get a lot of it. Yeah, no, I agree um, with you. I think I think and I think they should. That's an interesting story. And I think it would make us understand more what Harley Quinn's obsession is with the Joker in this movie. It just, there's just not much to it. Like you kind of just think she's in love with the guy, even though, you know, he's, which, which she is obviously, but like, you know, where was, I, I kind of wish there was, a, I, I think if there was more scenes of her talking to him where like he says something charming and you can see that you can kind of understand how someone would fall in love with the character like Joker, maybe it would make more sense to us instead of just like, She's a, a crazy person and loves another crazy person. Um, th- there just seems like there could have been a little bit more nuance there. But um, I agree that, that that's something they should explore in her movie. But even if they do, and they do a great job with it, it doesn't fix the fact that the Suicide Squad kind of botched that whole thing in this movie. Yeah. They, they botched, I thought, a really good opportunity to spend more time on that storyline because the movie wasn't that long. They could have gone a little bit longer and just given us more of the Joker Harley Quinn backstory, which to me is like the most interesting thing of this whole movie. Definitely. No one wants more killer croc or captain boomerang though. I think, I think my friend drew wants more captain boomerang. Um, Deadshot is not a character I necessarily want more of, even though I guess some people liked him. Harley Quinn is like the most interesting character you have. And the Joker, I mean, is one of the most interesting characters in comic book history. Like spend more time on that. Yeah. So I, I wish they had, well, I want to touch more on the Joker in, in just a moment, and we'll definitely circle back to him. Um, so moving on to who's technically, I guess, at the forefront of all of this is is Will Smith's character, Deadshot, right? Floyd Lawton. Um, as 
somebody, and I honestly wish I could tell me could could say who said this, but I thought it was hilarious. They called him Will Shot. <laughs> That was your friend Alex, wasn't it? Was it Alex? I think it was Alex. I think you told me it was Alex. So Alex B was the one who said, Will Shot, right? Which is perfect, because it's... <laughs> it is, that's exactly who he is. He's kind of this Deadshot character, but he's mostly Will Smith, being Will Smith. Will Smith, Smith plays Will Smith. I mean, we, we've known this for years. Will and that's Smith why plays I... Will Smith that can shoot really well. Yeah. He's not the only actor that does that. There's plenty of actors who just, they, yeah. they kind of play the same character in every movie there. Michael Sarah, right. Yeah, and that's fine, right? I mean, some of them are really well regarded but it's one of the reasons that i just didn't buy him being a bad guy because that's not that's not that doesn't fit the will smith narrative at all oh and he didn't play it like a villain no of course he didn't i if like again i'm just well i don't want to spend a lot more time on this because we already talked about it but i don't know how he's that different from batman other than he gets paid he's a guy who wants to spend more time with his daughter like how is how does that ever fit into a, a like a villain's narrative, really? And wants to keep her away from Darnell, which, yeah. I mean, we can all agree on that, that that's a good idea. Also, like, why would this guy ever be allowed near his daughter? Oh, I know, right? I, why would I, they ever allow that? I, they make such weird choices in this film. I don't I don't understand a lot of things like, that happen. Like, that's happened. not cool in any way. So, okay. And so, I gotta, can I do a quick aside before yeah, we keep going? Yeah, yeah, Like, the last scene where he's teaching her math and, like, uses... The reference of like a sniper shooting at someone to describe the hypotenuse. Yeah. Like how how fucked up of a country are we right now? We're like that's a cute scene. That's considered like a cute moment between a, a a a an assassin, a murderer, and his daughter. It was just I just thought it was so distasteful. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I just was like, ugh. Yeah, and no, how and, is that how is that a cute scene? That's and not. People laughed. I mean, I was when I saw this movie, people like that was like what did the few big laps in the film so yeah, yeah i don't know uh it did make I, me feel oh, sorry a little can i do another tangent yeah no go ahead <laughs> i have so many tangents i do too i literally have a page full of notes that are just i because it's like the film itself it just goes all over the place so it's just hard to the movie's a mess i mean that's the takeaway it's not that there weren't good things about it in fact i would say the first 30 minutes are probably the best yeah. part of the movie and there's there's good stuff in there exactly right i mean i, I talk shit about deadshot but i i, I do think they did a good job with his backstory for the most part. And, you know, even though I, they rushed through the Harley Quinn Joker stuff, they left me wanting more. So obviously I liked what I saw. I just wish there was more of it. Um, and then, I mean, just the plot was a mess. The plot was an absolute mess. Um, and I think that's because they just had to edit the hell out of it to make it fit, you know, I guess to make it fit the trailers and to make it more like, I think like Guardians because oh clearly clearly this I mean, film wanted to the be soundtrack Guardians. the soundtrack itself was very much I mean it was so transparent that they were trying to reproduce what Guardians did so every every two minutes there was a oh, highly recognizable yeah. okay that that's song. actually if you don't mind me jumping in on that point and that, it was incredibly literal it's like <laughs> Harley Quinn swings a baseball the bat swing the swing swing yeah right oh man or or Seven Nation Army when they're putting together their mm-hmm. army. Okay, I see you, David Ayer, or whoever the hell is producing. So it. subtle, guys. Seriously, <laughs> like I like the music, but when you hear nine different music cues in the first thirty-five minutes of the film, it's like, oh, all right, guys, just just back like hit off hit songs too, like stuff that you can't. It's not like background music where it's a score and like it just kind of is there to build up. They're like little music drama. Pieces. 
They're music videos. Well, what it, did you it tell? felt you, very you much said, like a movie trying to sell me a soundtrack. That's okay. There it is. There's the line. That's what you told me, and I love that line. I think that's perfect. So, one more time for the CBCers yeah. out there. This is like my quote that goes on the movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, except it's bad, so it wouldn't go on the movie. Um, but no, my I, what I was saying is that it feels like a movie trying to sell a soundtrack because it's like a song every two minutes. Yeah, and it was like music that they must have paid pretty dollar for there, there's the 10 million dollars in reshoots right there I think. oh yeah i mean none of those songs are cheap to get uh, on your soundtrack yeah no um so uh uh joe, joe and i'm just gonna go with last initials for some of the listeners that have commented on this movie he actually had said that um it's funny that you mentioned guardians because he and he actually liked the film which is fine you know th- these things are subjective uh, you know, you and I may have not been super huge fans, but there are other people out there. Made 135 million, so yeah. um, you know the marketing did well at least. But uh, Joe Joe said that this was DC's Guardians, and he meant that as a compliment. Uh, but I think he's it right. is the closest thing to Guardians. It for is. Sure. I think he's right in a way that I'm not sure he intended because this is what DC would do to Guardians. They would twist it and make it this thing that is both understated and overstated at the wrong times. <laughs> and it's a nice way of saying they would screw it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so it is DC's guardians in a way. Like, hopefully this won't always be the case, but it's, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's, okay. Let's go on to another character. How about El Diablo? Um, so, Hey, Latino character. That's kind of cool. Hey, he's, got a wife beater and a bunch of tattoos and yeah, lives definitely. in a poor area of town. And Someone at some point mentions him eating a burrito. If I'm yeah, not and his wife wants to put the kids to bed and kick it. Oh, yeah. By the way, that line hurt me. That line oh. was so forced. and so just like a white person trying to write like cultural dialogue, I think. Or yeah. Oh, it's like an accent, though. man. This, oh my god egregious think, yeah egregious Dave, david air that, that was bad um Golly. Uh, and but, then he does speak spanish at one point to to the to incubus i forgot what he says but it's like a like you know i'm gonna fuck you up or something basically oh no, it's good uh, i jay hernandez uh he did great i, I mean i granted the, the the character is insanely stereotyped but i liked the character i liked what he did, I liked how, and I kind of. You feel, like how everyone called him essay? No, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like that. I liked how they didn't have him do very much in the beginning, which, which I'm not sure they meant to do this, but what it allowed to do was allowed some of the other characters to breathe a little bit because he's not doing anything. Some of the other characters got a few extra moments in earlier on in the film, because he has this big kind of sequence at the end when he fights Incubus. Which was my favorite El Diablo scene by far. Uh, he ends up having like the, he ends up turning into this like fire god thing, this like, like an Aztec, Aztec warrior, and that's a pretty cool scene. Like it was cool. I thought he looked weird though. Uh, yeah, he, he looked, looked all like shrimpy and like. Well, he was like a skeleton, know. right? He was, he was like, like a skeleton. A, he was like a fire skeleton. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Hey, if it works for Ghost Rider, okay. That's true. Um. But overall, overall, even though it's kind of like, it's kind of like with Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie, like yeah, she's a little too, it's a little too sexist with the way they portray her. But overall, I kind of liked it. 
same thing with El Diablo. Yeah, it's a little stereotypical and on the nose in some places. But overall, I, I pretty much liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, if, and also if you're looking for positives, like um, this movie does, when you look at the cast, it's like Will Smith is black. You got Harley Quinn, who's a woman. Jay Rodriguez, who's Mexican. Uh, Killer Croc is played by a black guy, even though you can't tell from the movie. Amanda Waller, obviously a black Oh, no, but he liked playing. the E.T., so... Well, that that I guess that is the giveaway. Uh, a pretty diverse cast, right? I mean, in many in, in yeah. kind of similar to the way the Fast and the Furious Just, franchise is. Um, but I mean, not not a comment on the quality of the movie, but at least that's cool that the, the cast is. Yeah, uh, Jay Hernandez, I think you said Rodriguez, but I think it's Hernandez. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Okay. Um, all right. Let's okay. So let's go on. Let's move on to Killer Croc. Um, and earlier you you mentioned something about how Harley Quinn was given the moment at the end to kind of defeat the Enchantress, right? So so this film, you know, it does something very interesting to me in that most of the movie is just them a walking through a city, and b when they do come against up against the the hordes of the Enchantress army. They're just kind of punching and kicking and shooting their way through it. They don't actually have a lot of... There's nothing that differentiates one character from the other for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like Harley Quinn uses a bat. Deadshot uses his little wrist gun. Killer Croc uses his fist. And like, oh, Diablo doesn't do anything for most of it. But then kind of sets some dudes on fire. And then Captain Boomerang only throws like three boomerangs in the whole movie. And then the rest of the time, he's just, like, stabbing at people with his boomerangs. I'm like, I, but my point is, is that with Killer Croc... What does Cro- Slipknot do? Oh, he climbs. Okay, cool. He does get to climb one thing, and then he dies. We'll, we'll touch on him, I guess, in yeah. a minute. But Killer Croc, and my point is this. Other than, like, for the majority of the film, in a lot of ways, these characters, although they're very visually distinctive from one another, what they actually do isn't all that distinctive. Except every character is like given one extra thing to do to kind of show this is why they're here. This is how they're useful. Right. So Slipknot climbs the building to get yeah, away. Quinn's good with bats, boomerangs. So what, what was Killer Croc saying? He at the it, it's so funny. I'm so glad we got to come back to this because in the last podcast, before we had seen it, I said Killer Croc is going to have to go underwater and save them from a situation because something's going to go wrong and he's going to end up like saving them when they all think he's a jerk or whatever. And that's pretty close to what happened. Uh, there's the, the Navy SEAL team or whatever. They're all going to go underwater at one point in the third act and Killer Croc, Hey, I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. And he does this weird crawly thing into the water. Oh, I laughed at that so hard. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Glad you and I were of the same mind. He does this weird crawly thing and then goes in the water and swims around, which good. He's a fucking crocodile person. Like yeah, you yeah. need to have him in the water at some point. I would have been mad if they didn't, but that's the only thing that he does. that is unique <laughs> to him. Otherwise he's just kind of like a thuggish dude and not because he's black, but like literally he's a brutish. No, no, that's definitely his 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 role. Yeah, the thing, sure. and the other weird thing is he's not that big. He's not even. I don't think the biggest guy. Like Will Smith is bigger than him, which is which is weird. Dude, Killer Croc is an enigma to me. I don't I don't feel like I understand Killer Croc in any way. 
I also don't understand why they gave him BET and let him hang out in the sewer because how are you going to get him to continue to be in the Suicide Squad? Like, how does life get better for Killer Croc? Isn't uh, that like the zenith right there? Like, maybe he has he has BET in the sewer where he's most comfortable. Where he's most that's his home. Maybe they're going to give him like some sweet goats to eat. Don't they already give him stuff to eat? Well, I don't know, but like better goats. Oof. Hashtag yeah, it doesn't better seem goats. like yeah f- to go risk your life for us. We'll give you slightly better goats. I don't think that's a good selling point for Killer yeah. Croc. I think he's done. Hang him up, dude. He's because retired. He's retired. He's, yeah, he's got BET and he's hanging out in the sewer. So like, that's it. That's those are the two things that we know Killer Croc loves, <clears throat> and he's got them both. That's true. That is true. He's got water. He's got the sewer. He's got BET. I will say this. This is one thing that I really did take away from this, and I, and I legitimately enjoyed it. I thought it was a great choice by David Ayer. So I actually did a little bit of research. Apparently, they were originally going to cast King Shark in the role of Killer Croc. Yeah, good thing they which, didn't. Which is a giant dude who's like a shark man thing. And he wears shorts. He he's like, he's like a street shark. Yeah, he's like one of the street sharks from the cartoon in the 90s. Um, that would look badass. But he'd be all CGI. And so... David Ayer said, no, 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 I want I want to do non-CGI characters as much as possible. We're except for do, the main villain. Except for the main, two main villains. Uh, and, and, yeah. But, so Killer Croc is all practical effects. That's all makeup. That's yeah. pretty cool. And it looks good. I have to admit, it looks good to me. I really liked it. I like how he looked. I thought it was pretty believable within the scope of, of this film uh and i thought they did a great job with the makeup and special effects considering they're practical for killer croc that's that's the thing that i like the most about him and it's not anything to actually do with how he operates within the film yeah i killer croc felt so much like a throwaway character in this movie like i don't think they knew what to do with him they didn't flesh him out in any way yeah they Um, really didn't give you a lot and see the thing is we don't know what they cut out that's the problem and here's this is okay. And I'm gonna go into the other thing that's weird is certain characters get backstories and, certain, and others don't. They don't. That's just weird to me. Like that's just a weird idea. Like just why give all you of do, them backstory. Get them all. Do it for all of them. It's maybe not Slipknot. Maybe know? not Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah, no. Slipknot oh. should not have been in this movie. Well, no, but they needed him as a way to show that the the head things were real, like the bomb. Do you love like when they introduced him? They had like someone off off screen be like, "Oh, the master of ropes" or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that was his intro. Yeah, that was his whole backstory. Yep. Ugh. The master of ropes. Oh, oh wait. Okay. So, dude. By the way, when you saw Slipknot for the first time, did you not think he looked like WWE legend Tatanka? He does got a little. Well, he is also Native American, the actor. So okay. that that might be the connection. There you go. Um, Christine um, said he wasn't dancing with wolves. He was not because he was only twelve years old at the time. Um, my friend not- Drew also when I said. Uh, that Slipknot was the master of ropes. Uh, Drew's comeback was more like master of nopes. That's good. good Which I thought was great. Good on you, Drew. Um, okay, so that, that's all we got for Slipknot. But the, the other tangent I wanted to go into really quickly is that what I have, a, I suspect is going to happen, and I'm a little worried because this would be the second film in a row where they do this, is they're going to make an extended cut where they actually put the scenes back into the film. Yeah. And then if, if everyone goes and buys it, 
what that's going to tell Warner Brothers is, oh, we can just keep doing this. We can we can keep shooting three hour films and then cutting them down to two hours and making a mess of everything and then releasing the actual better version of the film on Blu-ray and DVD. And I, I don't like that we seem to be headed in that direction. Um, but at the same time, I want a good movie. You know what I want is I want them to shoot a two hour movie and then show us the two hour movie that they shot. But this could have easily been a two hour movie. I mean, you're 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 introducing all these characters and all these backstories. Like, why? Why wouldn't they take a little more time? No, it was two hours, though. Yeah, but like, but I know you, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. They, they, um it's like why 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 were they making those cuts? Like I, I understand like if you cut certain scenes that don't really add much, but it seems like they were cutting a lot of stuff that actually was very germane to the plot and would have actually helped us understand the movie. And I don't understand why you cut those kind of scenes out. Yeah. Or the Joker scenes. Like is and we we'll and again we'll touch on Joker in just a minute, but um all right, moving on to another member of the Suicide Squad, Captain Boomerang, played by Jai Courtney. Uh, before I get into my take on this, uh, I actually have a special guest here with me. Uh, there we go. That has Eugene? Eugene is actually here with us. Eugene is here. Oh my Eugene god. Is here. Eugene, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, Eugene. Um, so, uh, so last time when we had you on, you you had strong opinions about Captain Boomerang. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And okay. you were really particular about the uniform that he was going to be wearing in this movie. The, the, the uniform is the most paramount thing that a character can have on the screen. Okay. Wow, that is a hot take. That's okay. fair. That's fair. Okay. You know, subjective, but fair. Now, that being said, Eugene, I did notice. I was actually a bit surprised by this. Maybe I literally laughed. But Captain Boomerang does have little boomerangs on his shirt, <laughs> like in the comic. So, yeah. were you happy with that? Oh, most definitely. This movie is a 10 out of 10 epic. So happy with DCEU. So entertaining. They know how to get the characters right. They, they, they put the scales on Killer Croc. They showed Holly Quinn in her animated uniform, which is exactly what I wanted. Captain Boomerang had the little boomerangs on his shirt. That's attention to detail. You don't see that in the Marvel films. This sounds like Kevin Smith all of a sudden. Well, thank you, Eugene, for coming on and giving us your opinion. You are a super fan, and we love you for it. Thanks, Eugene. But, oh, it's always a pleasure on Eugene on the show. <laughs> you know, it it did, man, and it made me laugh. The little boomerangs were on his shirt. Uh, that's his whole. That's it. That's all. That's. That's his whole personality. Going back, boomerang to, dude. going back to my original point, he only throws like three or four boomerangs in the entire movie. That's his yeah. whole thing. Like when they're fighting Incubus and Enchantress in the third act, and they're like ducking undercover, you know, because shit's going wrong. Or even when they're fighting the Joker and he's in the helicopter shooting down on them with a, with a minigun. That would have been an opportune time for Captain Boomerang to start lobbing some arcing attack weapons. Yeah. Oh, you're totally right. From cover, right? I mean, that's the whole benefit of having a boomerang. Uh, they do use the cute, like a little cute uh, camera boomerang that he has at one point. He's supposed to be like Hawkeye, I think. I think he's supposed to have a bunch of trick boomerangs. 
where the hell were his trick boomerangs? He basically had knives that yeah. were in the vague shape of a boomerang, but which led me to believe, like, if your boomerangs are knives and you're throwing them, are you not going to cut your hand when you throw them or when they come back to you? Well, not if you're a master boomerangs, man. Okay, true, true, fair, fair, that's fair. Um, I wanted more Captain Boomerang. I actually kind of liked Captain Boomerang. I, I like Captain Boomerang, too. I didn't see enough of him. Also, uh, my fa- maybe my favorite part in the whole movie, like, not even, this is, I'm going to lock it in, lock it in. This is my favorite part of the movie. Uh, at one point, Rick Flag is disillusioned with the world, and he breaks his little wrist dealy that will kill them. They can, can, you know, can kill them with their little head bombs. And he goes, that's it. You're all free. Whatever. Boomerang. Captain Boomerang does not skip a beat. And he fucking takes off. Yeah. He just takes off. Great. That's perfect. That is In character. In character. It's perfect. Here's my problem. Not much later than that, they all reconvene. And all of a sudden, off screen comes walking. Captain Boomerang joins the group as they walk towards their final mission. And I'm like, what? Why did he come back? Why? There's could no you at least? Could you at least have shown him maybe drinking a Foster's or something on his own? And he's just like, maybe he he hears somebody scream or something like somebody being tortured, and he like takes a drink and he's like shakes his head and he's like ah fuck it you know yeah oh uh, you know like that, okay like he that I, ragtag group of psychos is all I got in this they're life. my family yeah like. Oh, I should have done an Australian accent <laughs> in my life. There you uh, go. That's, oh, that's yikes. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. Um, but we don't get that scene. We don't even get that, which would have taken 10 seconds at the most. We don't get that. Instead, he just comes waltzing in out of nowhere for no reason. Can I mention my two favorite scenes? Yeah. Um, Slipknot appearing on screen and then dying within five minutes. Yeah. All time, one of my favorite moments in comic book history. Uh, my friend Drew actually said that was like ripped from the pages, like directly from a comic book. So yeah, Boomerang, Captain Boomerang does trick Slipknot into trying to escape, and then he's killed very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Still though, I mean, just just one of the greatest five minutes on screen. I, I, I want. I love the fact that there was no backstory for this guy whatsoever. Like it was so obvious he was just sent there to die. Um, and I love that on on like those vignettes that they were that they did before the movie. Like yeah. his highlight package was just that one scene there where he dies, where he um, he climbs up the building with the, with the, he, the well his one successful climb. His one successful. the following, which by the way, like just stay there. Why why did you have to do the climb across? I guess it wouldn't have mattered anyway because you know Waller would have just hit the button and he would have died. But mm-hmm. um, I guess it was to illustrate to everyone else like oh there there's your dead Slipknot. Uh, the other one was when Amanda Waller's with Enchantress and she needs her to go like <laughs> fetch some documents from Iran. Yeah, and but all log. she says is, "Get it, girl." <laughs> I laughed out loud and like it was just silence in the theater. No one else laughed. <laughs> was that not a was that not supposed to be a funny line? I it felt like an episode of Oprah or something. Like, get it, girl. It was nice, by the way. And actually, as much as I like Harley Quinn, the more I think about it. I think Viola Davis as Waller might might be the best thing about this movie. Viola Davis is too good for this movie. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's the truth. That's, um, she, we'll, we'll touch on her in just a minute because I want to get through these other characters really quick. There's not a lot to say about these people, I think. But Rick Flagg, 
Uh, originally, Tom Hardy was going to play him. I, I don't know if that would have made a difference. Maybe. Did you understand the whole storyline of Amanda I mean, the, Amanda Waller needing him to fall in love with Enchantress? No, because I didn't. I didn't get it. I still I don't understand it. I, yeah, no, I don't know. Like that was a, but that was a big part of the plan. Was like we need Rick Flag to fall in love with Enchantress. That was a big part of this whole Suicide Squad. Because commission. you're controlling her because you have her heart anyway. Yeah, and he's a soldier. Like he's not a villain. Like he's not being held against as well he is an active member of the military she can give him whatever order she wants he's yeah. gonna obey anyway like that's because he's a soldier how about the irony too of the whole purpose of suicide squad was to prevent a like bad superman from happening yeah and in the process of creating suicide squad they unleash enchantress who is a very powerful villain right it's literally gonna try to destroy the world uh, very quickly, like immediately, that's the thing that she tries to do. Yeah. Uh, real quick, because I wrote this in my notes, even though I know we're kind of going here, but you brought up a good point. I want to go into quick tangent. These characters were supposed to be brought together under the uh, under sort of the idea that what if Superman? What if the next Superman is yeah, a terrorist? Right. But here was a line from the movie. Here's my question like to that. you, Ignacio. Yeah. Could any of these characters, or even the group of them, would they be able to stop Superman? No. No. They would be crushed immediately. <laughs> like, Diablo would maybe put up a fight for, like, 30 seconds. Oh, can you imagine what he would do to Captain Boomerang? I mean... Uh, Katana could... If it's a magic sword and Superman is susceptible to magic, she might be able to get in one... Kryptonite. One maybe. poke. Kryptonite sword? One poke. Kryptonite sword could... Could change the game. But that's though. not a kryptonite sword. It's just a, it's a soul sword. All right. How about but, this kryptonite? What if Captain Boomerang had kryptonite boomerangs? Okay. That... Right now you got Batman's help, and you and you're getting augmented weapons. Then yes. But as they are in this film, with what they have in this film, like Deadshot with a kryptonite bullet. Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you who's dead in the water. Literally, Captain Killer Croc. I mean, really? just stay down there. Just stay down don't there even watching come the out. AT, sweet little killer croc. Do not even, don't even show your face. Don't even let Superman know that you're there. Yeah, no, that would be a massacre. Just enjoy your, your... And that was a big issue with this movie. I feel like I didn't really know a lot of these people's powers, except for Deadshot, which is like the one guy that they actually spent a lot of time on. So... Do you think it's also crazy that we've gone 45 minutes or so and we haven't talked about the Joker? Why, no. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to save him for last. Okay. Purposefully, because there's there's a lot of stuff with the Joker that I think is really interesting. So Rick Flag, there's not much to say about him. Whatever, he's just a guy. He's just some guy. Katana, um, oh, pretty, afterthought. Pretty cool, but like she has a sword. I like how at one point towards the back end of the film, Rick Flag tells I don't know I think it's Harley Quinn or somebody, like her husband was murdered using that sword, and that sword holds the souls of anyone who kills it. Yeah, like what? Like what is that? Like that's so silly. It's so weird. It just seemed out of place. Like I, what I is know the point the, of that? Does I that make the sword more powerful? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess. Oh, quick tangent. Did, did, did this movie pass the Bechdel test? Do we know? Bechdel. Uh, let's it's see. The only line that I know that might qualify it is "Get a girl." I think that line might have actually been the line that that passed, made it pass the Bechdel test. Is two women? T- yeah. All right, Suicide Squad. Get it, girl. Co-David Ayer, progressive, progressive screenwriter. 
despite all the Harley Quinn ass shots. Um, <laughs> let's see. Are we, okay, okay. Uh, 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 Waller, Amanda Waller. Um, thought I thought Viola Davis was amazing. She was really good. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in the film is the is the mid credit sequence with her and Ben Affleck. When they're yeah, which, uh, which, by the way, how how pathetic is Batman, dude? He's like, I'm gonna go get my friends now. He doesn't even have any friends. He hasn't even met any of these people yet. She doesn't. He's know like, that. just wait till I find my friends. Yeah, it just sounds so sad. He doesn't oh, have any. I, I I don't know. I like that scene. I thought I you, thought. You I don't think, what you don't think it would be weird if I called someone my friend and I've never met that person? That wouldn't be weird to you. Well, yeah, but Batman's a master of psychological warfare. You know, Batman is is. Well, he's very sad. He's a, oh, you, oh, so you think he's do, doing a good psycher out? Like, yeah, oh, I, already got, I already got my army of friends. Yeah, so he doesn't actually. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you might be right about that. Um, I like that scene. I like that scene. Um, I needed more of that in the movie, like in the actual movie. Um, Viola Davis is on an island, though, in this film. She's so good. Her, I actually wrote this. This is what I wrote in my notes. Amanda Waller actual villain of the film because yeah she oh, she is she does all of these very selfish things my favorite thing and actually uh mike m another uh one of our fans and listeners wrote uh, this is what he liked and this kind of fits in here uh i like that that the task force x which is the suicide squad were sent in not to save the world initially but to just rescue waller like, it was the most self-serving mission possible. So that's what I didn't understand, because she didn't obviously form them to, to save her, did she? No, she formed them to be of use whenever... Because her original when, plan when, was so to So they get, get deployed. Of, they only get deployed to save her? I thought there was an original mission. No, well, the original, original mission was once Incubus came out, it was Rig Flagging Enchantress supposed to set that bomb up and blow him up, and that'd be it. That immediately goes wrong. Like, immediately, right. literally goes wrong. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, within, like, seconds. Within within two seconds. And and then that's when she calls in the rest of the Suicide Squad. But, but that's because then, she's already in peril at that point. Mid-mission, it's like, come save me, though. Yeah. Oh. Which is confusing, but I kind of like it. Like, that's how much of an asshole she is. Like, she's... And, and that's why, like, Deadshot flips out, too, when he sees the binder. Yeah. And that I think that was probably one of the better moments. I, I still don't think they, like, nailed it. But, like, the whole part of them, like, being in the bar and trying to bond. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, okay, we're, we're a team now. It's not so much, like, we're just doing this because it's a mission, but because, like, we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're a team and we're going to try to win the game, essentially. Um, was, I guess, a good moment. I mean, it could have been cooler, but... At least I, I like that they tried to do that, this kind of like rallying moment for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, again, that's another sequence where even from the trailer, there's more to it, but they cut it out. Yeah. I feel like... Killer Croc brings nothing to the table again in that scene, by the he, way. He's beautiful, though. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that this film, there is a good film in there. I just don't think that's the one they gave us. I think they shot a good film somewhere. In, in all of that footage, but I just don't think that that's ultimately what they put together. Uh, real quick, let's hit on Enchantress and then Joker. So Enchantress is actually turns out to be the antagonist in the film, the main villain. 
Um, <clears throat> her look was pretty distinctive. Yeah, I'll, I'll, she liked it. I thought it was kind of cool looking. Yeah, she looked cool. Um, one of uh, again, one of our listeners, readers or not readers, listeners, uh, Joanna Joanna A said uh, that she thought Enchantress was uh, very pretty, very beautiful, but felt like a lot of the times that that Enchantress looked like she was walking down a catwalk, as if she was like a Victoria's Secret model. Oh, she was definitely. Doing like this little like dance in place kind of thing, yeah. Like, but I think that was just part of her like being mysterious and like kind of a witch. Yeah, that was just it, probably it was her. Like, in, but in but character. a little sexual, right? Like, oh, a very little, sexual. Yeah. Even even when Enchantress was um, when she was like she uh she she got that one guy in the suit in the in the subway or wherever the bathroom, and she like possesses him with her brother's spirit mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And she's like whispering into his ear and she's like, brother, come back to me. You don't understand. The humans have turned against us. And he's like, but why? Like even that scene was a little sexual. And I was like, what? These are yeah. their brother and sister, right? Why, why is this sexual at all? <laughs> why are you doing this? Please stop. She's like whispering into his ear. I'm like, please stop. Why? This is so awkward and uncomfortable for me. Um, but um, Carla, man, I don't know how to say her last name. Do you want to? Delevine? Delevange? Delevine? I thought she was great. I don't know, man. I don't know. Okay. Just, you know. Probably Delevine, I'm guessing. Right, Delevine. She was good. I think, again, there's probably footage that flushes out Enchantress a little bit more that would have made this movie better. The stuff with the heart was so silly, too. It is a it is a it is a weird device. Yeah. But uh, I mean that's in this movie that's I I'm not even that mad about it. Like that's that's sort of forgivable forgivable to me cuz you know you're dealing with a magic creature and yeah. I'll I think what's the, the big one of the main differences with this and Guardians is that Guardians actually made you care about all the characters even mm-hmm. the side ones. Mhm. I, I I watched that whole movie. I I don't I don't care about half of the characters involved in this movie. And they didn't give me a reason to care about them. If I never lot, see... If you're, I ne- you're already telling me that some characters are more important than others when, when some don't even get a backstory. backstory. You know? If I never yeah. see Killer Croc or Katana or Rick Flag again, I, I would not care. I don't honestly need to see any of these characters, except I, I would I would be disappointed if we don't get more Harley Quinn. But I want to see more that, Harley, Joker. I, I, wanna, I like Captain Boomerang. I really would like to see more Boomerang. <laughs> Maybe in the Flash movie, because he's a Flash villain. We did get that little uh, cameo by the Flash, which was nice. Oh, yeah, the Flash cameo. That was that, cool. That, it's real quick, but it's nice. And that actually was shot by Zack Snyder. He directed That's that right. scene, apparently. I did hear about that. Um, okay, so the Joker... Wow. Um, so I think the most interesting thing about this is that you heard all these stories about what a method actor Jared Leto was in particular for this film. He sent all the castmates these crazy weird gifts. He was in character the entire time. Will Smith is quoted as saying he doesn't even know what Jared Leto is really like because he was always the Joker on set. Months and months and months of inhib- inhabiting this character. Jared Leto watched Hours upon hours, hundreds of hours, supposedly, of YouTube videos of disturbing and violent crimes. Mm. Yeah, that'll get you there, I guess. For eight minutes of screen time. 
Yeah, right. But how much, how much, like screen time was actually filmed? I'm sure it's a lot more than that. Yeah, here's the thing. So Jared Leto, you know, if you remember with Fantastic Four, Josh Trank immediately firebombed Fantastic Four once they started messing with the edit and everything and the reshoots. Uh, he wanted nothing to do with it. He he was bashing the film left and right. Uh, David Ayer learned his you know learned that lesson and, and has actually come out and said, "I'm I'm confident that the movie that we present is is uh, is 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 a a viable film." I think is what he said. <laughs> but okay. whatever that means, whatever that means, it's a very it's a very walking the line kind of answer. But Jared Leto is sort of taking on the mantle of Josh Trank here because he he is not happy with how his role is portrayed, how his version of Joker is portrayed in this film. He, is, that, is that accurate to say, though? Because I think all he's really said is that he kind of doesn't care. Like he hasn't even seen the movie, doesn't plan on it from what it seems like. And is just like, all I know is I did the scenes that I was supposed to and they cut most of it out. Right. Not, I mean, it's, not, it's different from saying I don't like the way that I was presented in the movie. OK, so fair. I guess if you read between the lines, that is, that is saying, me reading between not lines. exactly what he said. The thing that I yeah. saw that he said was that I shot enough footage for a Joker film. And that maybe if I never play this character again, they would have enough something to do something with that. Yeah. Which. I'm reading between the lines, but that's kind of like, you know, I put in all this hard work. There's a good performance in there, and you guys are just sitting on it. There's a lot to that, but then, but then you also got to think about just the flashback sequence with Harley. That was a lot of cuts. Like there was a lot of different scenes that they shot there that they right. condensed into like less than a minute. Right. Like there's a scene with Joker dancing with Harley Quinn where she actually has like the cartoon yeah. outfit on, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that was actually it, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, it's straight uh, off of a comic book cover and it looks beautiful. It's one of the Alex Ross, you know, you and I are big fans of Alex Ross's art. Uh, one yeah. of his covers is that is that picture. That was that was awesome. Like I like thumbs up for that. I thought that was great that they incorporated that into the movie in, in a clever way, I thought, because obviously you can't really do that outfit in a <laughs> in a real way because it just looks kind of ridiculous. But um, I like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, but there obviously was a lot of stuff that they filmed there that they just condensed into a really, really short scene. I really liked all of Not his, hench it, like all of his uh, henchmen in their weird costumes. I don't know why they were like that, but that was pretty interesting. I kind of would have liked to have seen... I also don't understand how he has henchmen because all we see of the Joker is him just like losing his cool and like fucking up wherever he's talking to like but, how does he seem like the kind of guy who's like organized enough to have henchmen or have anyone who would like well he's a little bit over. you know what he kind of reminded me of he was a little bit like um the the mexican cartel dude from breaking bat tupo tuco tuco yeah i guess that's true that's what tupo. he reminded me of like a little bit of that and i think that jared leto might have said that that some of his performance was informed by cartel type violence is what he said so um, so I can kind of see that he definitely comes across as unhinged, but I think something that you had mentioned to me when we were talking about this is that he just plays crazy the whole time 
there's never the needle doesn't move. It's already in one position when we meet him, and it stays in that position the whole time. Yeah, and that's not doesn't not necessarily a fault of his own. I think because of the editing and because of how much they took out, right? And because of how little he's in the movie, they don't have time to like let those scenes breathe where you see a kind of build up to the madness. I mean, like when you see like Heath Ledger's Joker. Oh. When you see like some of some of those scenes are really long scenes where he he seems like obviously there's something wrong with the guy, but he's kind of like calmly talking for a little while. And then there's like an eruption and he blows up and loses his shit. In this movie, there wasn't that. It was just the the crazy madman the whole time. And I think the reason is because in editing it down to this runtime, they had to just keep those bits and like and it ended up being and feeling very one note to me. And that's kind of a shame because it seems like there there was a little bit more to to that I guess that portrayal, that character that they cut out. And I, I keep going back to the whole origin story of Harley Quinn. Like that was like I mean, that's just that was ripe for just spending more time on Let it. Let it like breathe. Letting that storyline yeah. go for a while yeah. and they just cut it. And I don't understand why. I guess they just ha- Maybe it would slow down the narrative too much and they couldn't get to them being the actual squad that they ended up with. But, I mean, I, I would love to see more. I think that was their most compelling story and they just decided not to tell it for some reason. So Anyway, that was a long-winded way of saying, like, yeah, I agree. It was a very one-note Joker and I think it's because of the editing, not so much because, because of the performance. Yeah, and the thing is, but that's what we're presented with. That's all we can go off on. It, but, but you know how I know you're right about that? And and because it's already come out, I've done a little bit of research and, and found out that, for instance, the, the helicopter scene when he rescues Harley and then he gets, he gets shot by Waller's other helicopter team, I guess, and it's going down. He pushed, the way they edit it, he pushes Harley out of the helicopter to save her. Yeah. It happens really quickly and if you blink, you miss it. In the original script... He pushes her out, bef- like that doesn't even happen. Like the the helicopter doesn't get attacked that way, or it does, but it happens a little differently. And he pushes her out just because he's annoyed with her. <laughs> yeah, and not necessarily to save her, like to maybe to kill her, but more just to her for her not to be there with him. That's a very different tone shift for the character. Like, that's a completely different agency that you're giving him for his action. And and not only that, supposedly in the original script and the way they originally shot the film, the Joker is far more abusive towards Harley Quinn. Which is more in line with the comics. Which like in more here, he's comic. like he's like a romantic. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like he's deranged, but yeah, like everything he does is to to be with her to save her. And um, he might like, be the first emo Joker we've ever had. He actually texts his girlfriend. Yeah. Is this the first time a supervillain has texted his girlfriend <laughs> in a movie? Yeah, probably. So good. Hun, you think don't, he like don't stays worry, home and like listens to Death Cab for Cutie when oh, he's thinking man. about it? He's just like, love of mine, someday <laughs> you will die, but I'll be close behind. I'll follow you into the Please dark let me night. Deleted scenes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught it. I just added Dark Knight at the end, like because it's Batman. Oh, I didn't oh, catch that. That is so clever. Oh, yeah. oh I feel uh, bad that I stepped I just, on that. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, man, he's the first supervillain that is, he cares. Okay, Joker, hashtag Joker cares. Wasn't there a Joker emoji, like, in the text? <laughs> yeah, I'm on my way, babe. there was. I'm on my yeah. way, honey bunch. He texted his Pudding. girlfriend. How caring. Pudding. Yeah. Pudding. Um, all right, man. Well, okay, we've now broken down all the characters. I think you already kind of answered this, but so of all of the people in this film, this giant ensemble cast of a film, the only characters you give a, a hot damn about is Harley Quinn and, and the Joker, I guess. What about maybe Waller? I did like Waller. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing more of her. Um, but yeah, dude, I honestly, I could have taken a whole movie of Joker and Harley Quinn. That's the that movie they good. need to make. And you know, the thing is, I know that would be a cool movie. Like, just do it like the um, who's the the guy from the God damn, I'm botching this. Um, I'm going through my historical relics of like toxic couples. I said Mickey Nancy, and Nancy, Mickey, Mickey and Mallory, Mickey and Mallory from Oh Nancy, Nancy and Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy, that's what it was. Sid and yeah, Nancy. Just, just make that movie, but make it Joker. Here, here's what they should That would be awesome. Okay, so I know we don't know if Warner Brothers listens to our podcast yet, but this is what they should do. Make a Harley Quinn Joker film that is essentially natural-born killers. Yeah. And it's Mickey and Mallory for those two. Yeah. Uh, but then introduce a B-level, C-level DC hero like a Booster Gold or a Kid Flash or maybe a Robin mm-hmm. that tries like that tries to stop them and they brutally kill that character. Yeah. And then at the end like Batman becomes aware of the situation and is like Oh no, I have to stop this. And then that's the next film. Like that's the Batman film or that's yeah, something you know, else. You know what's frustrating is like in this in this like landscape of serial movies essentially where it's like you no longer just have one movie. Like you have to have a sequel for everything right. you make. Right, they're all connected. Like why are we so afraid to just have a movie where the bad guys win? Cuz we know there's going to be a movie afterwards. Right. That's and why like, you... make us actually care. And not like, only make that. Just wait. You have the yeah. two you have the two most like popular villains and probably all of comic books right now, Joker, Harley Quinn, as a, as a Warner brothers, DC, DCU film, <laughs> you could do something that Marvel has not done or anything even close to what Marvel has done and having a villain centric movie where they win. Yeah. Right. And you get to give, the entire universe a lot of real stakes because bam you just killed booster gold or you just killed one of the green lanterns or something like that would that would get the audience frustrated and be like how did you know this this isn't right the bad guys shouldn't win and then when you the next movie comes out you'll be like you know just wanting to see you'll be in a a revenge and all of a sudden there'll be stakes there yeah Yeah. no i totally i don't know why they don't do that come on warner brothers i just gave it to you for free Free. There's so much potential with the Joker Harley Quinn thing, and they and it's funny because DC has embraced the kind of dark side. If you're gonna do that, then just go really dark. Don't just give me like a PG version of the dark darkness. Like go really dark with it, and I think that would really differentiate them from Marvel. Um, yeah, I have a I have a kind of a hot take here. Yeah, 
Is it a Diablo-centric take? Is that would make it's a, a lot of sense. it's a tying these two universes to the political landscape? Oh, here we go again. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I like how you keep somehow invoking our unfortunate political situation into our podcast. The last, it's good. Well, I mean, if if anyone saw the Republican and Democratic national conventions, right? Like, the Republican one was so doom and gloom. It was right. like, dude, the streets are just you know just crime-ridden cities. There's terrorists all over the place. All these immigrants are coming in. They're stealing our jobs, and they're going to probably kill us. Um, like, that is the DC universe, is it not? Like, yeah. when you watch these DC movies, there's nothing about that world that looks, like, salvageable. It just looks <laughs> like there's just chaos. Like, it's just darkness can I, and chaos and just gloom and doom. That is the universe that Can DC I piggyback is. on that point real quick? I just want to point something yeah. out that is a perfect example of that. The way the DCU has has painted this universe uh, the way it's it's structured is that oh no superman exists this sucks our world or our universe is in it, our, our whole earth is in trouble we're in peril this is not good superman dies oh no our world is in peril we have no superman it's like <laughs> wait wait god damn it wait a minute you can't you can't react the same way whether yeah. he's alive or dead you have to pick one <laughs> pick one i don't care which one but you have to pick one it's, it's don't don't do that don't do yeah. that okay but then so going further into your other point with the democratic national well i think the democratic response even though it i mean there was still some aspects of it that whatever i'm not trying to get too much into politics but i think it's i think it's fair to say that it was a lot more there was like hope and optimism hope optimism involved. patriotic what patriotic and like does that not describe the Marvel universe? Yeah. Does that not feel more like what Marvel has tried to do? Where like, and also like they're more relatable characters. It's not like the world is ending. It's like these guys are here to try to make things better and save things. And like, there's this hope and optimism involved in the universe. It's not in the DC universe whatsoever. Definitely. Because and you have to look no further than the analogs between Captain America and to a way lesser extent, Rick Flag. Yeah. They're, they're essentially the same character in a way, but man, they couldn't be, you know, further apart, worlds apart in the way yeah. that they're depicted in these universes. So, And much like Trump supporters, I feel like a lot of DC fans have to, like, really talk themselves into liking these movies. <laughs> that, you know, and that's a good place to kind of end this conversation because the movie did do well for the first week. 135 million opening weekend in August the highest grossing film ever in August guardians had the record at like 95 million. So yeah. like blew it out of the water, which really hurts me a lot. Uh, but that's fine. <laughs> um, worldwide. It's already made over, a, I think over a hundred million over its budget. So financially already, it seems like it's going to be pretty successful, mm-hmm. but you know, the real truth, because obviously the critics are one thing and the critics didn't like this film. The fans I've talked to a lot of fans. They seem to have really enjoyed this film. Uh, they admit that it's flawed. And we actually had, I, I put a, a poll up. This is a good time to plug our Twitter over <laughs> at CB characters. There was a poll that I put up earlier this week that, uh, you know, that asked, what did you think about suicide squad mission accomplished dead on arrival or incomplete? And most of the votes were, were saying mission accomplished. So a lot of people did like this film. Despite its flaws. 
Well, look, if the mission is to be better than BBS, yeah, I agree with that. I think right. it was better than BBS. Is this uh, the best DCU film so far out of the three? Which three? What's the Man, third one? Man of Steel, BBS, and, and Suicide Squad. I think Man of Steel is a better movie out of the three. Yeah, I think it's it's close though. Uh, yeah, and well, and that's that Man of Steel falls apart in the third act. Like it's, it is a mess of a film to me in the third act. But uh, it gets better with age when you compare it to some of these other movies. Right? <laughs> when you compare it to BBS. But so what's going to be really telling is this next weekend, the second week after the word of mouth gets out. Right, because I was going to say BVS started off strong, too. Mm -hmm. That ultimately will tell us where this film ends up fitting in the pantheon of superhero films. Uh, but like you said, what, what were the what were the qualifiers that you said in the last podcast? It needs to be said, better than BVS. Right. And Harley Quinn had to be at least OK or not ruined. I think it's what you said. Yeah. Let's, that, that's it, quite a low bar but i set a low bar but it, it cleared it on both accounts and like i said the main reason that i put a check mark by harley quinn is not the way it was written or the way that character was shot but because i thought margot robbie has a lot of potential in that role and and i thought she did really well with it so there are two things that i want and this will be how we end it i'm going to tell you the two things and however many things you have the two things i want coming out of this film the film has already been made. The film already came out. We can't do anything about it, whether it's good or bad, Joker, whatever. I want to see a, a Joker Harley Quinn film of some sort where they're the central part, part of the story. And I want to see Captain Boomerang in a Flash movie. <laughs> where Flash tries to outrun the boomerang? I don't know. Just anything. I don't care. Just give him more boomerangs, like different kinds of boomerangs, like maybe like a rope boomerang or a boomerang that like slows down time. Wait, 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 somehow. wait, 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 wait. Rope. I'm sorry, dude. Master of ropes is Slipknot. There's okay. not going to be. I well, mean, but he's you dead. Want ropes involved. Well, prequel. Uh, OK, let's bring we were actually back we, on. Uh, with their nerd crew. We were trying to come up with uh, with titles for the Slipknot origin story. Oh. <laughs> I came up with Slipknot first knot. Right. Like First Blood? Yeah. First Knot. What about... Um, uh, how about Slipknot? I'm going to live forever. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, Slipknot? Uh, notch on the bed... Notches on the bedpost. <laughs> so they can have the Fallout Boy song play? Yeah. That's great. That's a um, Anyway, I totally derailed your last point. No, no, no. So th those are the two things, though. I want to see Captain Boomerang, who I liked in this film, in the Flash movie, because he's traditionally a Flash villain. And yeah. and then I want to see a Harley Quinn Joker movie. What is your one or two takeaways that you would like to see moving forward now that Suicide Squad is yeah. I, No, I agree. I think, I think it is like it would be perfect to do a Harley Quinn Joker movie. So I don't know if I want to do that to Marco Robbie, like to have her do a whole other movie with Jared Leto, who apparently terrorized everyone on set. So I feel kind of sorry for her if that were if that were the case. But that that was so clearly the most interesting storyline in this movie. Like, I mean, not even close. Like, what is yeah. the second most important or interesting storyline? Amanda Waller being really evil. Like, like yeah. And know. yeah, it was cool. I mean, I liked how she like chewed on steak while she talked. That was cool and all. But like. Not only was it the most interesting story, but it's like two of your most important characters. Mm -hmm. Like, flesh it out, DC. Like, capitalize on this. Yeah, don't short shift your two most popular characters. 
Yeah. Why would you silly. do that? When, when you put it that way, it's even more insane. Like, I know. We're going to give less screen time to the two characters that everyone loves the most. So that we can give Deadshot most of the movie just because he's played by Will Smith. I mean, it's just, it's silly. Mm. It doesn't seem like there's much organization there. Like, because well, I, I can't imagine they would have ever written Deadshot as the most important character unless Will Smith came knocking or they, they were able to get him in the movie. It's like Will Smith came on board and then all of a sudden you have to shift to like, okay, now he's the most important character because he's the most important actor we have. Definitely. And Which is also, not really the way you should do things. Oh, yeah. No, you should never uh, succumb to the wishes of the stars like that, right? But not when you're trying to tell a cohesive narrative. But right. Jeff Johns wasn't... Jeff Johns wasn't the head of, of the DCU at this point, you know, yeah. he is now. So, so we'll see, you know, you know what, man, there's just, this is another case of just too many cooks. And, um, I think this, this story and this vision got diluted. I don't know if it would have been much better if they just kind of let David Ayer make the movie he wanted to, but this finished product is just a mess. I think there's good things in there. Harley Quinn. I think there's some good moments. There was some really cool shots, but outside of that, this movie's too much of a mess to give it a good rating. Yeah, we still have That's never fun. really settled on a rating system, but uh, I feel exactly the same way. What I'll say is this. This film is not as bad as Fantastic Four. No, it is not. But it shares a lot, way, like too many similarities with it. Yeah, for sure. More than I'm comfortable with. More than anything, it's just frustrating because... There, there was a good movie in there, like yeah. you said, and it just I really feel that's true. Didn't happen. All right, well, all right, man. That sorry, do it. sorry, DC or uh, uh, CBCers out there. I know that you. I'm guys not apologizing. Think, no. Well, no, but they they were waiting for us to give that really great glowing review on a DC film, and it, I imagine it will happen one of these days. Well, I this mean, we're not, not doing this. We we paid money to go see this. It's not like we're getting paid to go watch these movies. We're going and By the way, to go into the theater. Sure, so I'm we gonna... want this stuff to be good. And we have to sit through just like, ugh. <laughs> I want to float this out there, though. On that note, Warner Brothers, if you're listening and you want a positive review of mm-hmm. shit show films. Uh, Dude, you... we, we will sell out like that. CD I mean, characters at gmail.com. Let us know. Yeah. No, I mean, we will. Oh, God, we will pimp the shit out of your. We're just like Suicide Squad, more like like Suicide Gold. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Don't even know. All right, everyone. Well, I think that brings us a close on this review of Suicide Squad. Ultimately, you fans out there in the CBC universe, you let us know. Is this mission accomplished? Is this dead on arrival? Hit us up on Twitter, on our Facebook page at Facebook forward slash Neil Before Pod. Hit a review yeah. up. Give mm-hmm. us some comments on the review page on iTunes. Uh, do you agree with us? Are we a couple of assholes that just hate DC and love hugging on Marvel? Let us know. Let us know. Yeah, I have a feeling uh, there's a lot of people are going to be upset with this one. But you know what? We can take it. Just let us know what we got wrong and why you think we're we're wrong on this one. Um, but yeah, man, listen, you know, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review. It's the best way that we can get more listeners out there. So Anyway, man, we'll, we'll catch up with you guys next week and catch up on all the comic book news. But until then, the fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Later. Later.